Chris Aiken presents, and I, of course, once again am Chris Aiken. And today I will be presenting a, an artist that I am very happy to speak to. I think we did half an interview before we even started this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am a fan of her work as an actress. You've, you've seen her in shows like American Crime Story and Billions and Lucifer. And if you go to her IMDb, it's longer than this interview will be because she's been in a ton of stuff. But now she's back with a... Uh, with a new EP, she's she's dipping her toe into the music world. The EP is called uh, Pronoia, and um, to talk about that and probably to talk about some TV stuff as well is the um, artist Kelly Monroe. Kelly, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, God. What an intro. Can you just walk alongside me every day and just, like, <laughs> drop that? That was amazing. Well, well if, you need a, if you need a publicist, if you ever fire Shauna, I'm right there Shit. for it. <laughs> She's fired. She's out. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, sure. Well, Kelly, like I was telling you before, I was excited to have you on just to talk a little TV because I love TV stuff. But I'm always fascinated when when actors try their other skill. I think I think a lot of times to be an actor, you kind of have to have you either have to have great memory or great talent. You know, it's one of the two. Mm -hmm. And and I think to be a success, a super successful actor, you kind of have to give up some of your talent in order to do that. And I think people don't realize how talented actors really are. And it's, it's very cool that, that you're taking the chance and you're, you know, kind of still exploring a talent that I think you probably always wanted to No. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I think you just get to a point as an artist where, I'm doing it for me and it's like fulfills my soul in such a way that like the outcome is not really interesting to me anymore. It's more okay. about the process. Sure. And uh, so I kind of promised myself that I was like, okay, if I end up being my only fan, am I okay with that? And like, I had to really commit to that. And uh, once I got there in my, like my heart, my mind, everything just kind of started happening just cause I, I don't, again, it's like by the time, the song actually comes out or by the time, like, for example, I have a movie in post right now and it's been in post for over two years. Oh, wow. And when you're in the moment and you're, and you're, you're living and breathing that character, or you're making the song. It's just that creative flow that just fuels your heart so much. And then by the time it's finally out, it's so far down the road that you kind of forget you ever did it. You know, it's <laughs> like you finally go to the premiere and you're like, I did this shit two years ago. Like, I don't even remember what happens, you know? So uh, it's been an interesting process because I've had to really stay present um, in the process and not so much about the outcome. So, like, that's why I started doing music, because it's just another channel of self-expression. But also, like, I love telling stories. You know, I'm a storyteller and writing. And and uh, I've always been a lyricist. I just didn't really know it. Um, in fact, during COVID, I had, like, 17 journals uh, oh. starting at the age of, like, 10 <laughs> and I went back and started reading all of them. And in fact, the uh, on the Pronoia EP, I just dropped uh, the song Wide Open. Right. is actually verbatim lyrics, like straight out of a journal entry. So um, we just got got down on the piano for a little bit and uh, and wrote that song in like 10 minutes. So, oh. um, yeah. So it's been, it's been really fun. I mean, again, I think I think part of the challenge, you know, as a creative now is like, all the outlets, right? It's like, you need mm -hmm. content, but then COVID hits and, you know, but that fueled my fire every day is like auditioning and showing up on set and that was it. And then you have to really sit in your shit and like all the stuff comes up, you know, it's like, I hit a moment of like depression and I just was 
not in a really good place. Like I wasn't getting that, you know, that, that, uh, external validation that I, that I thought was fueling me and that I needed, which I realize now, um, was actually not serving me at all. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if you want the true story, I, one night I, I took a ton of mushrooms <laughs> and, uh, and I laid on my floor and in my apartment and, um, I went on this like really intense journey and basically like long story short, I really tapped into the little girl within me and, and I just talked to her and I was like, what do you really want to be doing? Sure. She was like, I want to sing and I want to write music and I want to create content and I want to like do a limited series and I want to write this. And I was like overwhelmed by her heart and like where she was at. And, uh, yeah, had a, a joy ride that night. And, um, the minute I came out of it, I realized, I'm not going to hold back in any kind of form of expression anymore. I'm just going to do what feels good to me. And then uh, if one person listens, great. I'm sure. down for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a cool ride. Well, you got one, me. So there you go. <laughs> That's all I need. There you go. And you're in Cleveland. That's all yeah, I need. Exactly. I just need one person from Cleveland. I'm sorry. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been cool to, uh, I think just the commitment to the process is everything, sure. you know, and, and the commitment to the self-love that requires you to like step out and just do it is it's really been the whole battle. And now that it, now that I'm there now, it just gets fun, you know, cause sure. you're just like, Oh shit. Like the, the Pandora's box is open now. So, um, and I think there will be, you know, um, I think in like my manifesting mind, there's going to be a lot of crossover between music and film. Sure. And, you know, eventually theater and Broadway and all that stuff. So, um, the beautiful thing is I just had such a limiting, I was living in such a limited belief system. And mm. the minute I let go of that, it's like, now anything's fucking, you know, it's, anything's possible. And I'm getting um, a lot of opportunities that would have never come uh, had I not kind of branched out and started doing music. So it's been really interesting. Sure. Now, yeah. now, now Kelly, the one thing that I, I'm, I'm going to guess, and tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to guess the hardest thing is that when you do music, especially this kind of music, 99% of the time it gets to be deeply personal and you're sharing stuff that you can kind of almost mask with, you know, when you're acting, you know, in one minute, you're Nicole Brown Simpson. And the next minute you're, you know, some, somebody that walks into the office on billions. You can't, you don't show yourself with this music. You're absolutely showing yourself. You're showing scars, wounds, happy, sad. You, you really have to portray that to do this well how how did you make that jump and was it comfortable no it was so uncomfortable (laughs) like the most uncomfortable thing i've ever done in my life but what i've realized over time is you know there's there's a certain level of i mean i think the way that i'm perceived just on the surface especially especially as an actress it's like she's tall she's blonde she's from texas she's like kind of like very sometimes basic bitch like depth like I, I, I haven't really, it, it takes a hot minute for somebody to get to know me. And then they're like, wow, like I had no idea there was like all these different layers to you and sure. the depth and, you know, all the things. And um, so I think it's been really interesting with music. So I was like, what I'm realizing is the wounded part of me and like the vulnerable part of me, like all the shit that's happened to me is actually the most beautiful part of me, you know? And I want to give people the opportunity to at least see that, that, aspect like that part of me because it's so special to me now um and it's really kind of made me realize that like 
the more that we hide, like wherever we hide, I really believe is like our most sacred part. And like, that's the part I think that we're really supposed to be. And so I actually just wrote a song about it. Um, and basically just, yeah, like the areas where we, uh, where there's resistance or we hide is actually like, I think who we're really supposed to be. So that was a challenge for me. I was like, if I, if I, if I preach this and I am a living, breathing example, like what would that look like? And for me, it was like, all right, I'm going to put my voice out in the world and I'm going to talk about shit that's really uncomfortable. And, you know, if you listen to my lyrics, there's a lot of um, abandonment issues in those songs and the way that I grew up and um, people leaving, you know, being afraid of someone saves, um, what that looked like as a child to go through a lot of the things that I went through. So I actually, uh, again, I've done it for me and it's been really cool. Like I got a, a, a DM the other day on Instagram and and it was really amazing. I, I took a screenshot of it and I'm going to save it forever. But um, this girl was like, your music has literally saved me. I was contemplating suicide and um, I kept looping. I'm alive again and again and again, which is so interesting because like mama said, almost has like 400,000 streams and it's been out like a month or two and, and I'm alive has like 25,000. <laughs> like it's not even, but again, it doesn't even matter. Right. Because if it moves one person then I'm, I'm down for that. So she said she kept listening to that song and she decided to like hold on another day and i was just like this is why we do this like this mm -hmm. is why this is why i'm uh i'm doing what i'm doing and so that felt really really good and uh i check in with her every once in a while and just touch base but yeah it's really it's really hard to uh especially you know tv and film is interesting because you get to hide you know like mm -hmm. you said you've, i've been playing characters you know, my whole life. And and in that there's this like bold kind of like arrogance. You're like, well, it's not me. So I can just like go fuck it up and then go to my trailer and then be a mess or whatever you want to do. Right. And singing is the exact opposite. It's like the minute you step up to that microphone, it's like all the emotions come up. And that's how I knew that I was on the right track. Um, Cause it was so scary to me. And sure. like, I would literally go up to the microphone and like, just start crying for no reason. Like the <laughs> producer was like, yo, what's going on? Are you good? Like, are you, and it just, it just floods your body with like all this emotion. And I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be because mm -hmm. I'm scared and it's doing something to me. That's like waking up a part of me that I haven't felt in a really long time. So, uh, so that's been really special. So I'm just chasing that. I'm just like chasing sure. that down. Cause yeah. Well, and, and that is a lot of times that is the key to, to a successful song is its ability to, to portray not only portray your emotion but in, but the ability to be captured by another person and and you know the the greatest songs that anybody ever knows are the ones that were the the soundtrack of their their wedding their divorce the birth of their kids the the you know whatever it was the high points and low points of their lives if there's a song that relates to it in their mind, that's a successful song. And, yes. you know, it's very, it's, you're not going to get that with like a Motley Crue girls, girls, girls song. Okay. You know, that's, <laughs> that, that's just the shallow end. Speak of the for world. yourself. Speak well, for uh, yourself. <laughs> well, I, look, I, I'm not saying I don't like the song. I'm saying I don't necessarily look at that as a, as a life changer, you know, and right. this kind of music that you're doing you know, but especially mid-tempo and balladic ballad type type music, that's the stuff that really reaches deeper into people. And and I think that's, at least with the three songs that I've heard from you, that is something that you seem to have 
fairly naturally to you is the Thank you. ability to tell stories that are easily relatable. Well, I, I made a promise to myself and like, you know, I'm pretty, uh, pretty spiritual and like plugged into prayer. And like, that was a big uh, kind of download that I got. It was like, this isn't really about you anymore. You know, it's just like my process is just to capture what's going on within me. But like, again, to, sh to share that, because like, you're right. I think it is, if I can, you know, it's, it's really, it's really fun to think like, uh, you know, you're in the car with somebody, you know, you're in someone's home, you know, you're in somebody's deepest moment of their life. You yeah. know, you're in, you're at someone's graduation, you're, you know, whatever it may be, that's really, really special to me. And I think that's a, music is just so, it's so important and it's so sure. special and it's a, I love it. I mean, I love acting, but it's, yeah, music just, it's incredibly precious to me. And um, yeah, and I'm gonna write some cool shit. I have like 14 songs coming out this year, so. Awesome. Very yeah. So, so tell me about the, the one song, which I think is probably, I'm guessing, probably the most deeply personal, which is Not If You Stay. That yeah. song just feels very, very personal. Is it about a, is it about somebody specific or is it just a general thought that you've had or maybe a little of both, something specific that you turned a little more? General? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, specifically about a person. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so growing up, like uh, when I was two years old, my dad left and he just kind of peaced out. And um, so I think over time I've had this, again, this like deep abandonment wound where it's like, you know, the the thing I've realized over time, I actually got married at a very young age. I got married at 20 and um, okay. and we were together for 10 years and he's still a good friend of mine, but um, we parted ways. And I think through that, between that experience and then just the abandonment stuff from growing up, I've learned that it's a lot harder to stay, right? And okay. it's a, And the most courageous thing you know, everyone's like, oh, you got to muster up the courage to leave. And, you know, you got to you got to really like have the courage to start over. And I'm like, actually, like, I think you got to have the courage to stay. Because, right. you know, staying and working it out is way fucking harder than, mm -hmm. you know, piecing out. And I found myself running, you know, I did my best in that marriage, but I left that and I found, but I found myself going away from it to try to maybe fix something kind of inside of me that, that had I maybe fixed, I probably could have maintained my relationship. And um, the interesting thing is I, when I was writing that song, you know, it's like you get so accustomed to whatever the wound is around. It's like, oh yeah, well they'll leave. And that was like my protective barrier, right? Or I'll leave and that's just how it goes. But like, oh my God, like when I wrote that song, it was like, I don't know what to physically do if you stay. Like if right. you stay, it makes me super uncomfortable and I'm not used to it. And then what, you know, and then it's just normal. And then we just figure it out like that. What does that mean? Right. <laughs> so yeah, so that song is super important. Um, it's actually about kind of the first relationship I had after uh, my marriage fell apart. Okay. And it was just somebody that showed up for me very consistently and was like, I don't know where you got this idea that like you have to constantly like someone's always going to leave or like you've got to just peace out and throw the deuces but like it's normal to stay like it like yeah. we can figure this out and i just felt so exposed like so <laughs> exposed and just like ah i don't even know what to do with this 
so that's been a really beautiful lesson and a great song came out of it um sure. yeah music's also been really healing i have a great relationship with my dad now and uh so that's been a really cool ride too to kind of just forgive and let go and you know life's just too short you know it's one thing i've realized after COVID. i think we all have it's like what's really important now like what are we doing like what are we doing i yeah. if i'm not if i'm not in a state of joy and like you know laughing like yeah the hard times come but like we just take shit way too seriously so yeah. i've been really um and you know that's another thing this whole kelly monroe thing right it's like i i used my middle name for music Right. Because, you know, it is kind of like stepping into a character, right? I mean, it's me, mm-hmm. but there's, there's a part of me that this like Kelly Monroe is like, like she's fierce, she's bold, she's a rebel. She's like kind of got this like Janis Joplin baby vibe thing going on. And it's like a part of me that I get to express in a very unapologetic way. And, um, you know, and everyone's like, why did you change your name? Like, what's that? And I'm like, because I'm not taking myself too seriously. Like, this is all fucking play. It's all right. just... it's like it's fun i'm a creative this is what we do you know and it's like i don't need to take myself so seriously so that's been really fun too is just like i keep pushing the envelope with like how ridiculous can i be and like how much fun can i have you know it's just Mm -hmm. life is a life is a play it's a playing field now because it's already hard enough i mean we don't need to like you know in fact the next probably seven songs that i'm dropping are all really up and fun and power power anthem songs and it's just like it feels really good especially coming out of the the pronoia um ep so sure, definitely by the way do you know do you know what pronoia means I, that's one of the those one of the questions <laughs> on on my list was you know and i've written okay. I, i've written six books so i know a lot of words but i pronoia is not a word that i know so oh you've written six books i want to hear I about that sometime well wow, okay. good for you yeah so go ahead and tell me what is pronoia Okay, pronoia is, it's the opposite of paranoia. Paranoia is the belief that something is always going to go wrong. Okay. And pronoia is the belief that the universe is always conspiring in your favor and that things happen specifically for a reason to get you to where you're really supposed to be. Sure. That is the definition of pronoia. And so I decided to name that EP that. It's actually my favorite word. I've got it tattooed on my, oh, nice. on my arm right here. And uh, yeah, it's just such a beautiful reminder. That EP was like, those three songs were kind of the beginning of me stepping into wide open either way and not if you stay, were all kind of a period of my life when I first started this music um, of just like, okay, now I understand that all of this happened for a reason. And now I understand why I had to go through all this pain and all this like kind of self suffering to like get to this realization that this this was all part of the plan. This was all part of, what was supposed to happen, um, not only to get me where I'm going, but also to really appreciate the beauty that I'm about to create and that's coming my way. And uh, it just shifted everything for me. No question. Now, yeah. now at this stage, do you do you have a band or, or is it just you and hired musicians or are you looking to put together a band and go out and play? I am. Where are you at? Hell yes, is the answer. Yes. Uh, I don't have a band yet. I've been just using the players uh, that I've been in the studio with in Nashville. Okay. And I mean, some of these cats are like, like two of them tour with uh, uh, Keith Urban and Tim McGraw. They're just badasses. Um, Adam specifically, it's just, these players are great. So I think I'll probably start performing, I'd say like uh, March, I think is my first one that I'm going to do. Okay. 
and I'll probably kind of poach a couple of them and then eventually have my own, my own crew. Um, but yeah, I'm having fun. I mean, that that's the plan anyway. We got, I think one thing on the book so far and kind of the rest history. I've got a, I've got, I'm dropping a song in January that I believe will be the big one. Okay. The big single. The big single oh, coming soon. The big, the big <laughs> single. Yeah. It's a fun one. Sure. Now, now, Kelly, let's talk a little bit about acting. I don't want to get into a whole acting thing, but um, you've obviously done some really big stuff. Obviously, um, Billions is huge, and Lucifer was really big, and American Crime Story is really big too. It's a, it's a super popular you know series, um, yeah. and they're seen by millions and millions of people. You know, even 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 whatever the least successful of those three that I just named was seen by you know 10 million people a week you know and with that said when you go into something like that do you have anxiety because it's gonna be seen by so many people or do you not even care you know is there yeah is, is there a difference between a smaller role that you might do like a like an independent film versus something that you just know is sponsored by ABC or it's sponsored right. by Netflix and has big money behind it or, you know, where you know it's going to be seen? Yeah, it's a great question. I think once, again, the self-worth connects, like once you're connected to the self-worth part, you show up and, you know, like I, I will never forget, I I met Shirley MacLaine okay. and she looked at me and she goes, you've got a seat at the table. Sure. So, so act like it, you know? And I think that was a big change, like big game changer for me because, you know, there there is something in this entertainment business. I mean, you have to really believe in yourself or you're gonna get eaten alive, you know? And mm. and I think when you show up on set too, it's like, you know, the caliber of of the of, of the talent obviously has just been stellar, the people I've gotten to work with. And um it's interesting though, because it's like when you're in when you're present and you're in the moment and you're actually filming. You're just you're just two people, two creatives, like creating a story, right? Sure. And so there's there's no ego attached. It's it's uh I've had really good luck with that. And then of course sometimes I get I get way more nervous on the back end, like I where I'm like, oh my god, like I don't like looking at myself on screen. It's just a thing. I don't know why, but um I get way more nervous on the back end. But when you're present and you're you're actually creating the story, that shit is so fun, and I don't even think twice about it. It's more just like. Uh, Oh my God, I forgot I did that. And now I'm nervous to see it. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, I think, I think there's a level of like stepping up, you know, uh, where you just gotta, you gotta really be your biggest fan in the sense of like, you know, I'm just, I'm going to show up and do my best. And all I can do is prepare, do my best. And, but also like, you gotta have swagger. You gotta definitely walk in mm -hmm. and be like, you know, I know I'm, I know I'm worthy of doing this role because I fucking got it, you know, right. and, and I'm about to knock it out of the park. <laughs> You know, and that's that's just kind of where I'm at now, which I think is a snowball effect too. Because once that confidence comes, then you know people want more of that. It's just like anything. Sure, but yeah. and you know the interesting thing is you you've been in these big these big shows, but you've never taken a a feature yet in a big role. You've never been like the featured actress in the in the big role, which I, I is the next step. I mean, you've you've certainly yeah. done enough to warrant that to warrant somebody taking the chance and 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 you know elevating you to that for you does that get for me that would be extremely frustrating to be right on the cusp 
in you know in the acting world and not jump the not jump the final hurdle is that frustrating for you or do you just keep waiting and hoping super it's super frustrating but i think that's when you have to think outside the box right so part of Mm -hmm. the reason i started doing music is i was like what am i waiting for like i i'm just gonna i'm gonna do this for myself and it's a it's it's really a a port like a portfolio of self right it's like Mm -hmm. you know it's a triple threat kind of thing so it's like i think i've known again bringing up that pro noia word it's just like I know it's coming because I know that I've always known that there's going to be a role that puts me on the map in a very big way. And that sounds so silly to even say, but I've just always known that. And so there's obviously, it was put in my heart for a reason, this desire to do this and be in this industry is it's, I can't do anything else. I know it's there for a reason. So it's going to meet me. It's going to meet me at some point. And so I think that term pro has been really important to me because it's just like, I really believe that it's all conspiring in my favor and it's just gonna happen. But yeah, I mean, to to your point, it's it's literally like I like the way I explain it, it's like right before you throw up, you're just like, you know it's coming, but you can't get it up. And that's a gross example, but it's like, it's just like, fuck, like I just wanna throw up, I just wanna feel better. It's like, and you know, right. I hate throwing up, but, but then it finally happens and you're like, oh, thank God, you know? But like, right. that is being a creative, it's, it is, it's painful. It's painful because you can go, you can go years without working and then land the Oscar winning role, you know, or get an Emmy or get a, you know, and it's just like, what can happen overnight. But what I've realized is it takes 20 years for overnight success. And I keep telling myself that because nothing is just going to fall on your lap and nothing's handed to you. But, you know, it, if you look at anybody's career, I mean, you know, you look at Kevin Hart, you look at, you know, Jamie Foxx is a great example. These cats have been in the game for 25 years huh? and you, you can look at roles that, you know, they did day players and they did guest star roles and they did all these small shitty independent films for 20 years before they became uh-huh. who they were. So, you know, that's another thing. It's like, I really feel old school that way. Um, and this is why the whole millennial thing is this day and age is just bizarre, but I'm, I've really had to put in the work, you know, and one day I will be able to be like, I worked my ass off and I had to do all that to get to where I am now. And nothing is just, you know, of course handed. Right. So, um, I'm putting in the time and and the work and I know that it will pay off, but it's extremely frustrating, especially when you finally know that you're capable of doing it. You know, it's like, I can't wait. I can't wait to carry a story as a lead because I know I'm, I know, I know I'm a good storyteller. I know I'll be able to do it. And, um, you know, and, and the other frustrating part with, with this industry is like, it's a waiting game, you know, you got to wait for somebody to, um, well, that was the old belief, you know, I got to wait for someone to give me the role, I got to wait to audition for that. And it's like, actually, you don't, you have to go out and make it, you got to go out and make your own content, you got to write your own music, you got to do your own thing, you got to write a one, you know, I'm thinking about writing a one woman show to perform in a theater in New York. And it's just like, that's just gonna happen, because that's, that's the next step for me. So but it all comes, it all comes when it's supposed to. And um, I really believe when you can carry it is when it will come, you know, when you can really sure. hold it. And oh. uh, but yeah, it's really frustrating. Sure, I, I get it. In, in a perfect world, what what do you become? The next Carrie Underwood or the next Scarlett Johansson? Oh, I think I'm just gonna be Kelly Dowdle. Perfect. <laughs> and Kelly Monroe. And um yeah, I think what's coming, I think my, uh, it, the crossover is important. I think there's going to be a role that allows me to sing and eventually takes me to Broadway. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I think I'm just going to do it all. You know, everyone's like, well, if you have to choose and I just don't live in a world of or anymore, I'm like, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do TV and film and sing and create, you know, I'm an entrepreneur on the side. So I've got a, a patent on a, on a fashion garment that I'm okay. working on. And, um, and, you know, I'll probably eventually get married again. Maybe I fire out a baby or two, you know, and, and I'm just going to do it all. And uh, that's just kind of my personality. So Sure, definitely. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing right now in, um, in the, the visual art, I'll call it, because TV, movies, whatever, is that it seems like more than we've had, maybe even since the 70s, there is a, there is an opening for people that can sing seems like there's a lot more shows that are based on people, people that can sing, whether it's uh, like Nashville, obviously that's several years ago, but even shows like um, ghost and power on, on stars and they, they feature people that can sing and, and it's a prominent role in the, in the shows. I see it a lot of times now more than I've seen in a long time. Empire, another one. Yeah. Obviously there, there does seem to be an opening that where they're finally focusing on multi-talented people that might be the that might be the opening for you no? yeah i think i know i absolutely think so i mean i think that's uh that's kind of the the goal right i mean look back in the day you know you you even look at people like i mean all all the greats you know they were all triple threats you know you had to be able you had to be able to show up on set and sing and tap dance and fucking do any dance and do right. all the things and then I think it really died off in the 80s and 90s, right? When it, you know, you didn't really have to to be that well equipped. I mean, if you think about it, it sure. just wasn't required. And so I'm trying to kind of bring that back because I think it's important. And there's there's a lot of incredible singers that are also acting and um, that can do both. But I think I think the the thing that sucks is the way this, the whole the way the system is. And I'm not I'm not mad at it because it's just the way that it is. But you got the big dogs, right? You got like CAA and WME and these like monster agencies. Sure. And what happens is, you know, they're packaging movies left and right all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And so somebody, somebody like me, who's done a lot of, a lot of shit and like, you know, decent stuff. I'm not even getting the opportunity to read for that role until they've passed. Probably four actresses have passed on a role. Sure. Like, like they're they're packaging with people that are already in the system in their you know in their in their whole portfolio. So by the time it's getting to someone like me, who actually has to put themselves on tape or read with the producer to try to get the role, seven like Scarlett Johansson and four other people have passed on it. Right. So that so that's the that's the part that's a little corrupt. Like in the industry, it's like again, mad respect to all the people that are finally with them because it's taken a long time and sure they put in they put in their work, but. I think you really have to think outside the box now. And that's why, again, I think with the music crossover, it's like, I'm just gonna, you know, they'll eventually come to me just cause I'm creating opportunities for myself. But by the time that someone like me, if you are waiting at home and you are sitting around waiting for your agent to call you mm -hmm. with an audition, you are missing so many opportunities and you're selling yourself incredibly short. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's a, and, and I think, you know, again, the, the triple threat thing, it's like, you know, um, uh, I, I think, again, I think if you have the capacity to do it, you're selling yourself short by not, you know, and, um, yeah. Do you, do you like think you it said. hurt, do you think it hurts you that you're not based in LA? 
No. No. I think it helps. I think it helps. Okay. I think it helps. Yeah, I I did it backwards. I but I my my whole life I've done everything ass backwards. You know, it's like, oh, you're supposed to be in L.A. and then I moved to New York and I booked something in like three weeks. You know, oh. it's like it's like it's like I didn't work in L.A. for like a year and a half. Moved to New York, booked something. I don't I don't think it matters anymore, especially you know post COVID. Like okay. there's tons of stuff going down in Atlanta and New Orleans now, and they're filming in Austin, Texas a lot. Um, so I just don't think it matters anymore. You know, I think the main thing is just, you know, uh, being, getting ready, being ready and staying ready. And then, you know, where you are, doesn't really matter because you're doing it on zoom or, sure. um, you know, wherever now anyway. So, yeah, I think it's, it's also cool. Cause New York, I've, I've realized the market is really interesting. It's like LA, I feel like no one really saw me. Like it was more very, uh, stereotypical kind of, not not typecasting, but just like you're reading for this role. And mm-hmm. whereas in New New York, I feel like you go in and you read for something and they like really see the artistry and they really give you an opportunity to like be an artist. Um, just much more realer. It's real. It's cool. <laughs> I don't know. I like New York way better. Well, there, there, it's be. I, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess it's because there's more artistic people in New York than L.A. L.A. is about money. You know, New York, obviously, you have Broadway and and off-Broadway and everything else is there. So you have more artistic people there than than are, than are you do in L.A. where it's all focused on dollars. Dollars and look. And that's Exactly. It, you know? Exactly. Which de- doesn't really go with my vibe. I'm much more of like, yeah, it's I, I do much better in New York. But that's exactly why. There's just the, again, the level of uh, talent in New York is bar none. I mean, you just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So it's, it's, and you're the inspiration there. I mean, it's like you go to LA and it's like, uh, I felt, you know, and I'm not knocking LA cause I, I'm sure I'll go back and work there, but sure. it was just like groundhog day for me. Like every day was the same shit, you know, and mm-hmm. you're, you're doing the same thing and there's no really external kind of motivation. It's just like inspiration. There's no inspiration there. It's like you have the ocean, but I found myself just doing the same things every day. And then you lift your head up and like five years goes by and you're like, what the hell happened? Sure. Uh, in New York, it's just, you know, you walk out on the street and it's just constant stimuli, you know, all around you. And it's been really, really, really inspiring me. I've, in fact, I've written a lot of songs in my apartment. So it's been pretty cool. Perfect. Well, yeah. uh, since you brought the songs back, let's talk one more time about the songs. The new EP is called Pronoia. It is, when is it out? Is it out now or is it getting it's ready? It's out. It, okay. it just dropped on Friday, yeah. Okay, excellent. And um, and where should we send people to to keep up with you, whether it's in music or TV or movies or acting? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'd say um, Instagram. My handle is Kelly Monroe Dowdle, and it's with a W, not an E. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'd say that's kind of the main platform. And then, um, you know, of course, on I don't really use Twitter very much, but. That's where most of the stuff is. And then music is on Spotify and Apple music. So it's been fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and obviously yeah. IMDB has, has the entire list of everything that you've done on that as well. So lots of places to check out Kelly. And one more time, the EP is called Pronoia. Even if you don't buy it, I'll just say it to all you cheapos out there. Even if you don't <laughs> buy it, go listen to it. It's on all the streaming services. So check it out there and you're bound to find something that you like there. And, um, Kelly, I uh, just want to say thanks for um, joining me here on Chris Aiken Presents. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It was fun talking with you. 
Thanks for checking out this episode of The Classic Metal Show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out The Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Hand job! <laughs>